Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways unto whom I swear my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalms 21 on page 365, and 28 on 373. The King shall rejoice in thy strength, O Lord, Exceeding glad shall he be of thy salvation. Thou hast given him his heart's desire, and hast not denied him the request of his lips. For thou shalt meet him with the blessings of goodness, and shalt set a crown of pure gold upon his head. He asked life of thee, and thou gavest him a long life, even for ever and ever. His honor is great in thy salvation. Glory and great worship shalt thou lay upon him. For thou shalt give him everlasting felicity, and make him glad with the joy of thy countenance. And why? Because the king putteth his trust in the Lord, and in the mercy of the Most Highest he shall not miscarry. All thine enemies shall feel thine hand, thy right hand shall find out them that hate thee. Thou shalt make them like a fiery oven in time of thy wrath. The Lord shall destroy them in his displeasure, and the fire shall consume them. Their fruit shall thou root out of the earth, and their seed from among the children of men. For they intended mischief against thee, and imagined such a device as they are not able to perform. Therefore shalt thou put them to flight, and the strings of thy bow shalt thou make ready against the face of them. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. So will we sing and praise thy power. Psalm 28 Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my strength. Think no scorn of me, lest, if thou make as thou, though thou hearest not, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my humble petitions when I cry unto thee, 
when I hold up my hands towards the mercy seat of thy holy temple. O pluck me not away, neither destroy me with the ungodly and wicked doers, which speak friendly to their neighbors, but imagine mischief in their hearts. Reward them according to their deeds, and according to the wickedness of their own inventions. Recompense them after the work of their hands. Pay them that they have deserved. For they regard not in their mind the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands. Therefore shall he break them down, and not build them up. Praise be the Lord, for he hath heard the voice of my humble petitions. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart hath trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart danceth for joy, and in my song will I praise him. The Lord is my strength, and he is the wholesome defense of his anointed. O oh, save thy people, and give thy blessing unto thine inheritance. Feed them, and set them up forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 21st verse of the 11th chapter of the first book of Kings. So when Hadad heard in Egypt that David rested with his fathers, and that Joab, the commander of the army, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me depart, that I may go to my own country. Then Pharaoh said to him, But what have you lacked with me, that suddenly you seek to go to your own country? And he answered, Nothing, but do let me go anyway. And God raised up another adversary against him, Razan the son of Eliadda, who had fled from his lord, Hadadezer, king of Zobah. So he gathered men to him and became captain over a band of raiders, when David killed those of Zobah. And they went to Damascus and dwelt there, and reigned in Damascus. He was an adversary of Israel all the days of Solomon, besides the trouble that Hadad called caused, and he abhorred Israel and reigned over Syria. Then Solomon's servant, Jeroboam the son of Nebat, an Ephraimite from Zeradah, whose mother names was Seruah, a widow, also rebelled against the king. And this is what caused him to rebel against the king. Solomon had built the Milo and repaired the damages to the city of David his father. The man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Sal Solomon, seeing that the young man was industrious, made him the officer over all the labor force in the house of Joseph. Now it happened at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem, that the prophet Ahijah the Shilonite met him on the way, and he had clothed himself with a new garment, and the two were alone in the field. Then Ahijah took hold of the new garment that was on him and tore it into twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself ten pieces, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon, and will give ten tribes to you. But he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Because they have forsaken me, and worship Astoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Shemosh, the god of Moabites, and Milcom, the god of the people of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do what is right in my eyes, and keep my statutes and my judgments, as did his father David. However, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, because I have made him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of my servant David, whom I chose, because he kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand, and give it to you, ten tribes. And to his son I will give one tribe, 
that my servant David may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen for myself to put my name there. So I will take you, and you shall reign over all your heart desires, and you shall be king over Israel. Then it shall be, if you heed all that I command you, walk in my ways, and do what is right in my sight, keep my statutes and my commandment, as my servant David did, then I will be with you and build for you an enduring house, as I built for David, and will give Israel to you. And I will afflict the descendants of David because of this, but not forever. Solomon therefore sought to kill Jeroboam, but Jeroboam arose and fled to Egypt, to Shishak king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. Now the rest of the acts of Solomon, all that he did, and his wisdom, are they not written in the book of the acts of Solomon? And the period that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was forty years. Then Solomon rested with his fathers, and was buried in the city of David his father. And Rehoboam his son reigned in his place. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus asks on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the second chapter of the, of the epistle of Second Thessalonians. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteousness, unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Here endeth the second lesson.
Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Lord, we pray thee that thy grace may always prevent and follow us, and make us continue to be given to all good works, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all.
we have in the <clears throat> lesson from Kings the, the 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 continual narration of how Sol opposition gets raised up against Solomon. Of particular note is Jeroboam. <clears throat> it's kind of a cryptic reference that the reason he rebelled was Solomon built the Millow, which seems to be a fortification of the city of David. And probably what happened here is that um, we've we've been told about how much <clears throat> excuse me how much forced labor Solomon raised, and he conscripted Jeroboam to be over that forced labor of the northern tribes. And we'll see later on when Rehoboam attempts to to you know unite the kingdom under his rule, they ask him if they'll if he will light they say if he will lighten his load, um, that he will in fact um, he they will they will submit to him, which suggests that they experience Solomon's reign as very heavy-handed. And so the it's likely the Jeroboam's rebellion is he's over this forced labor and they're beginning to resent the fact that Solomon's building all these projects. And especially say they might have understood the temple, which is a glorious national shrine, but now he's fortifying military things, he's conscripting the labor. So a resentment arises and it kind of represents spiritually how Solomon in the chapter turns his heart from the Lord to pagan worship, his protections begin to, to, to fade away. This is kind of like in the spiritual life when our heart turns away from God and gets caught by other things, we're less protected against the assaults on us. And, and that kind of is a symbol of what happens to spiritual life. In our uh, second Thessalonians lesson, you know, it's, it's a notoriously difficult chapter uh, because, you know, people who do the end times um, teaching run amok with, you know, the great apostasy and the man of sin and where we're going to see all this. And, um, <clears throat> you know, this to, to unpack this chapter in greater detail would take a study that will go for a little bit. But we should note a couple of things that I think were uh, that St. Paul clearly in Thessalonians, in First Thessalonians, where St. Paul talked about, you know, he, he explained to them that, those who died didn't miss out in the resurrection and the, and the day of the Lord and one is going to happen is, is a live issue. And there's some sense that, you know, Jesus will come soon. It's likely that the early church wasn't entirely clear about the relationship between the coming of Jesus at the end of time to judge the whole world and the coming of Jesus in judgment on Jerusalem, which is referred to in the in what we what are called the Olivet Discourses. And probably the connection between this chapter and the Olivet Discourses are that uh, in chapter two of, of Second Thessalonians, he's talking about the man of sin who exalts himself in the temple as God. Jesus in the Olivet Discourses says, beware of the abomination of desolation which which relates to the historical backdrop is is about 170 years before Christ. This uh, pagan king Antiochus Epiphanes set up a shrine in the temple, uh, a pagan shrine that's called the Abomination of Desolation. So somehow these are connected. But when Jesus is talking about the Abomination of Desolation, this is another study we we do at other times. He's clearly talking in the Olivet Discourses about the events surrounding the destruction of the temple. And one of the, the things to, to really set your mind around and understand the New Testament is to understand that in a sense, in one level, 
the day of the Lord occurred within the generation of the first Christians when the Roman legions descended upon Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and, um, and that was the end of the Old Covenant age. Jesus prophesied this in a couple of places. And so the end of the Old Covenant age then was one of the things that marked also the beginning of the last days, which is the day of the Spirit that, that began on Pentecost, in which we now live. So there was a coming of the Lord, a day of the Lord, in the first century. And it's likely that the first Christians weren't exactly clear how that was going to determine from the fact that there was you know, a day of the Lord at the end of time when our Lord comes uh, to, to raise the dead and judge the world. And so this chapter is caught up in some of that tension that takes a lot of time to unpack. But it's it's at least very important, and it will make the New Testament make a lot more sense if you, if we understand that there's a way in, in, in which the day of the Lord did come in the first century, and St. Paul wasn't just speculating about the end of time that still hasn't happened for 2,000 years. There was an eschatological event uh, within the, the within the lifespan of the Thessalonians, and we we typically um, you know cover this. We we have studies of this day of, of Revelation, so um, it's best not to uh, run amok with these passages, where, like end times teachers do. What we know is the Lord is coming again to judge the world, and just as as certain things characterized His coming in the time before His coming in judgment on Jerusalem, so those same things will characterize probably the end of time. You know, an increase in lawlessness, a rebellion, and then our Lord will come to judge and and establish His universal rule. But in any event, in the main point for all of us is. Um, what Jesus always counseled is the way we prepare for that is not by buying a cave in the mountains and storing up supplies, but ordinary faithfulness and daily living. Who is that wise and faithful servant who the Lord finds so doing when he comes? So knowing that the Lord is coming is simply motivation to do what Christ calls you to do every day. As you That's how you prepare for him to come, whether he comes in our lifetime or not, or death comes before his coming. Well, a few thoughts about today's lessons. We continue with a prayer for all conditions of men on the bottom of page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. This we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. 
we bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. Hope you have a great Wednesday. Thank you, Deacon John. Thank you, Bishop Thank you. Scarlett. Bye-bye. Have a good day, everybody. Bye, kiddos. Thank you.